0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Alpharetis Podcast, official podcast of digital and creative media works, where each week we take something from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David.
1: Hello, my name is Ben.
0: Uh, Benjamin, it's yes. uh, that time of the week again where we do our program and we try and break something down and try and analyze it. And
1: To better understand it? To better understand
0: it, my name's name Benjamin. Yeah. Um, it's going to be very confusing if this is your first time listening or you're not watching this. Welcome. Uh, so this month, uh, it's brand new year, it's brand new month, and what I thought we'd do is we would talk about different properties, uh, whether it's media, TV, um, film, anything like that. We talk about games, the things that take what they have, and whether it's like a small budget or like a simple idea, and make the most of it. Um, because I think it, it's really important to like, as you make shit, you know, really try and make the most of what you have in front Yeah. Not trying to overreach, for instance. Um. Uh, and this week we are talking about the efficiency of Bird Box.
1: Door, that German efficiency of Bird Box. The American film about Americans in America.
0: Just like the Germans. Um, yeah, so this one, uh, this one was interesting because it's, it's a 2018 film, just came out on Netflix, uh, directed by Suzanne Beer, um, and it was, the screenplay was by Eric Haysera. Uh, based on the book Bird Box, which was in 2014, which was written by John Malaman, I read the book, was unaware the film was coming out. Oh, really? Didn't know, didn't know anything about the, saw a YouTube ad for the film, didn't know anything about the, the discourse going on around it, sat down and watched it, had a pretty good time. Yeah. Um, and since then, the internet has lost their fucking mind about this film. Really? They've just legit, legitimately lost it. We'll talk about it in our meta reading at the end, but holy yeah. crap. Because I, internet, yeah.
1: my, my introduction to this film was like, I saw a advertisement for it on, like, the side of a bus. And my initial reaction was just like, Oh! It's like... It's like a quiet place, but they can't see. (laughs) Woof,
0: That's a decent summary.
1: And I... yeah, and that apparently that's what everyone's been saying. Just well, calling it's like a quiet place. I mean, it which, was made before
0: a quiet place, and it's probably well. Like, the book was. Yeah, well, like the ideas came out before the quiet place, and
1: it's probably, and also it's different because it's also, in this one there's a lack of a sense. A quiet place you just yeah. can't talk.
0: It's also just like very different. I also um, haven't
1: seen A quiet place, so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna leave. We're gonna skip that one. Yeah, we're gonna leave that at the door. Yeah.
0: Uh, so Netflix claimed this film had has been watched by more than forty five million <laughs> accounts in seven days. That's a lot. That's a lot. If you do yeah. the math, and if if that was box office numbers. On a normal film That's, that would be making fucking money yeah. they'd be like a mint like That'd you would be, be. making fuck but again no one's really like netflix never really gives their stats out so we're not actually sure what that means like and what they mean by <laughs> accounts and what they mean by watch yeah um we don't know if that means that 45 million accounts still the the, the trailer that automatically plays people could scroll. click play and then be like this ain't for me and then leave so we're kind of not sure that would be a watch. what that means yeah. in a streaming context and watch also, minutes
1: do the YouTube. Yeah. So, yeah. we're not
0: really sure what it means, but for sure, it's one of their biggest ones. And we'll come back to that toward the end, because there is a lot of contention around the way that they marketed this film and the way that people have been consuming it, which... Um, I'm going to clap back at the internet, um, because I think...
1: This is, uh, <laughs> the internet hates is, David. Yeah, this is, I, this is another episode where I get
0: doxxed, yeah. um, because I say something bad about a game you like. Uh, so, we'll get through the summary, because it's, it's relatively <clears throat> brief, but kind of complicated. It's a pretty, it's a pretty
1: short film. Yeah, pretty it's short. It's a long film. Not a lot happens. Not a lot happens, which yeah. is
0: we've talked about before. We, we tend, to, I think I as we like get older, it. we quite like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so Bird Box follows the Terse and Stern Mallory. We open the story in medias rest with Mallory informing two children named boy and girl that they are about to depart on a dangerous journey down the river and tells them not to remove their blindfolds. Cut to five years prior where a pregnant Mallory visits the hospital with her sister Jess. While they're at the doctor's office Mallory sees a woman bashing her (coughs) her head into a glass panel. Moments later the city erupts into panic and as the two make their getaway Jess looks up and drives their car into oncoming traffic in an attempt to kill herself. In the confusion of the crash, Jess steps out in front of a truck and dies, and the film makes us watch that happen. Mm. It's pretty rough. Mallory is eventually rescued from the fleeing chaos, joining a similar group ju- joining a small group of similar refugees in a house nearby. One of the survivors, Charlie, suggests that demons are the cause of the suicides, and the gang hears a radio transmission that explains if you look at the creatures, then you'll kill yourself. Our survivors black out the windows in the house and hide within. Greg The guy who owns the house attempts to use the security cameras to look outside, but he's affected and kills himself. As time goes on, the group starts to run out of food. Mallory, Charlie, and default leader Tom, Old Man Douglas, and Lucy decide to head to a nearby supermarket for supplies. They succeed in their journey by blacking out the car's windows and driving via GPS. Inside the store, Mallory finds some birds and decides to keep them as pets. Douglas gets shit-faced in the supermarket because in America they have alcohol in supermarkets.
1: In New Zealand they do as well. <gasps> it's just Wild. us, huh? Yeah, um, it's just us. That's disappointing. Yeah.
0: Uh, he suggests the group stay in the supermarket permanently. Why go back at all? <clears throat> obviously he's convinced- uh, uh, The others aren't convinced, and so obviously they decide to head back. Just before they leave, the group attempts to save someone stranded outside, but they quickly discover the outsider has been possessed or driven mad by the creatures and wants to drag others to look into the light. Charlie sacrifices himself to save the group. The gang returns to the house, and it's not long before Douglas makes himself again even more unpopular by suggesting that Charlie was a moron. And then Mallory bites back and says, no, he saved us. As time passes, Lucy and Felix steal the car, leaving the other survivors without any means of transport. Another (laughs) pregnant survivor, the hapless Olympia, lets Gary, a wandering survivor, into the house. Douglas protests, and Douglas is locked up as punishment. Olympia and Mallory go into labour as Gary attacks the survivors left in the house, forcing them to look at the creatures. Mallory manages to protect the two babies as Tom kills Gary. Some years later, Mallory and Tom are living together with the two children when they receive a transmission explaining there is a safe community downriver. Tom wants to go, but Mallory is convinced it's a trap. After deciding they're strongest together, Tom and Mallory are ambushed by a group of marauding crazy lunatics who try and kill them. Tom stays behind to allow Mallory and the kids to escape. Tom kills everyone, but sees the creatures and shoots himself. Blindfolded, Mallory and the kids embark on an extremely (coughs) harrowing journey downriver, using the birds as a warning system for the presence of the creatures. Mallory decides to risk crashing in the rapids rather than sacrificing a child. As a result, their boat capsizes. When they wash ashore, Mallory and the kids make their way toward the safe haven. Before they can reach safety, though, they are beset by the creatures who mimic Mallory's voice. They try and convince the children to take off their blindfolds. Ultimately, Mallory is forced to confront her own deep insecurities about intimacy and abandonment, and in confessing to the children that she does truly care and is afraid to lose them, she manages to get them to safety. Safety, in this case, turns out to be an old school for the blind, where Mallory meets Rick and finally gives the children names, Olympia and Tom. The community is surrounded by birds, so it seems, at least for the time being, that Mallory and the kids are safe. Roll credits. Man, I'm so
1: fucking glad this film had a happy ending. <laughs> I
0: I was surprised that you I were able was... to get through it because you're not a big horror
1: dude. So oh, I don't mind horror, but like I couldn't watch the purge film. So you can imagine what the opening of this film is mm. like for me. It was just not fun. People running um, in the street always
0: makes me anxious. Well, just the <sighs> Did you ever watch like The Walking Dead or anything like that? No. Okay, because don't.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's no, but bad. like the So like I couldn't watch the purge films just because I find i find that kind of like violence with no purpose just kind of sickening yeah and i got a bit of that with this film um i can see where that. it's it, it's presented at least it's presented better where it's like the purge like makes me feel sick because like my humanity just drains out of me because you go oh, we would totally do that yeah because yeah, your brain just goes like man this is such a
0: thing whereas, this is, like whereas this is like okay
1: it's it's like it's apocalyptic it's there you know it's like it's it's just demons or whatever Which so feel, it's like okay. it feels
0: more like clover feel in that way where it's like when shit hits the fan, people just panic. Yeah. Um. We were talking before we hit record about the idea of the demons, and I'll touch on that when we get to like the comparisons to Stephen King. But absolutely, <laughs> sure. the, absolutely, the point of this film is not <laughs> to try and work out what the creatures are. No. Um. Like it's just. And they're not demons. It doesn't matter what they are. It doesn't That's matter what the they
1: are. It's like it, even even down to the whole idea of like oh like what does it look like like because obviously it's it's a visual. It's an interesting thing, because it's a film, it's a visual medium, but the whole story is about people sort of blinding themselves or, like, well, that's, trying that's, not to see. Yeah. And then the concept of, like, well, then what, what does it look like? Like, what do you see when you when you open your eyes and you look it's and like, you go no, crazy? The, it's like, no, no, no. That's the even point. Even Gary, who has drawings of the monsters, they're all completely different drawings. There's no- Just it's, there's no- it, It's not a thing. Like, there's no-
0: the, I mean, it's. I, I thought it was where they decided to adapt it, right? Because the book works well because it's a book. You can't see- like so in the, and the book is a bit different which I'll talk about it in a little bit. The but, book is a bit different, yeah. But it
1: It's a bit rougher. <laughs>
0: it's it's way rougher and it's interesting to me that they were like that'll make a good film because when I read it I didn't think that. Cuz I went this is too complicated to try and Yeah. Cuz when a character's blindfolded in a story and you are descri- describing them moving.
1: Yeah. That it's, looks really it's well. terrifying. But yeah. on a
0: film it like I think there was some scenes in this that were a bit canny where like or like a bit trite where like, again, it's still terrifying, and you still you, your arsehole still tightens when Sandy Bullock's fishing line gets tugged when yeah. she's in that house. I was like, hell no. Like, something's going down. Whereas in the book, there's a lot more leeway for you to kind of fill in the blanks yourself. Like, you can't see what's going on, so well, you th- imagine
1: stuff. I think they do a reasonable idea in terms of the cinematography, at least. I Every shot from behind The Blindfold was fucking dumb, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. But at least in terms of... Like, the I think the biggest example of it is when she... When she gets off the boat for the first time and goes and with the fishing line. That goes was to the
0: that. incident I'm referring to. Yeah, yeah.
1: when she goes there, it, when she's entering the building, it's a really close shot of her face and and o- it only shows the room when she, when she it removes it. her blindfold.
0: I think that works really
1: well. Yeah, and they do that most of the time. They kind of get a bit lazy at the start of the film when there's multiple people. They kind of, they do a lot of establishing shots or at least pseudo <laughs> yeah. establishing shots. Well, where I, you're like, okay, whatever. But at uh, least yeah. they do an okay job. Towards sort of when she's on the river of all the river stuff is really careful. Yeah, like it's, it's done yeah. quite well.
0: That when, when that crazy guy tries to like capsize them, I it's legitim p- like that that legitimately yeah. freaked me out. Like I like I actually like had a visceral reaction because I thought, <laughs> really well because I thought it would I thought it was like the voice because I've read the book right and like oh okay and yeah. at that point in the story, especially even in the film. It, the things have mimicked voices before, but like you, you don't know that there's people that are possessed by it.
1: Yeah, that's so the when he fir- grabs the
0: fucking boat, I lost my mind. I was like, "What the fuck?" Like I had like that. Yeah, well that yeah, yeah
1: that's that's the first introduction of someone who was possessed. And well, it, you-
0: I, possessed is maybe they're driven crazy by. I, I possessed feels lazy. I don't think it's a possession thing. Okay, um, just because that again, I don't think it's demons.
1: Like <laughs> I don't think it has to be. anything. I think, yeah, possession implies demons. Well, I say possession isn't just
0: possessed, when I was sort possessed of, to do a thing
1: yeah when I was sort of watching it in my mind they were like oh these are the agents of the whatever it is mm-hmm. that was like in my because they, they work together well, that makes as sense. well so I was yeah. like okay they're just they're just baddies I guess they're
0: just generic bad guys um, which is fine
1: yeah one thing and this might tie in well to us talking about how the internet has sort of reacted to this film Yeah. one thing that I initially was like uh, not cool not super great was gary when he's talking about the um when he's sort of explaining where he came from when he (laughs) when he comes into the house he's just like oh these guys from this psychiatric psychiatric water water does from there blah 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 a lot of people took that as like oh okay so like the crazies the crazies get possessed all of the bad crazy people all the people with mental disabilities Uh, get possessed i feel like they
0: took but isn't didn't they take that the same literal way that they took charlie saying it was demons like isn't that just people yeah
1: Except the problem is, is that that's someone who is possessed saying it. Yes, it's a he's saying it well, because it would be easy for it would be easy for human beings to eat up the fact that oh, the crazy people are bad. Which i you're comfortable normal. with it. Yeah, because you're you're like okay, but it's the but, people who are from the psych ward, they're the ones who have gone crazier and attacking people. See that, I can't, whereas what I, what I wouldn't have minded is if not there is not a no single there is not a single person the the only people you see who are possessed are the guy in the river who is probably just a lumberjack mm-hmm. he's wearing he's just, probably he's just a he's, fisherman or something yeah. yeah um you've got gary who just looks but we, like but a businessman. We,
0: we know that gary was lying because gary's one of the crazy exactly people. so like well, it, uh, no well, crazy we,
1: he's one of the possessed people well
0: that's sorry that's what i mean so well he's one of the kind of marauding he's he's one of the the yeah, possess- he's one we'll, of the agents we'll call them possessed for, for we'll call the possessed. but we don't mean like possessed by mean, demons. Like demons um well it's it's interesting too because i again because gary's an unreliable narrator it's hard to tell if the story is meaning for you to take his words literally where they took his blindfold off and like he didn't escape he just went he he lost his mind right. or if that never happened and he just looked at it and this is what he's been doing the whole time
1: well but then the other group of 8 uh, possessed they're just a group of people with cars
0: yeah well they're not related to yeah him at all which which is fine so i'm assuming that's not true but the problem is the internet like when people watch this film because the film takes itself earnestly. People can no longer delineate between dialogue that's earnest and, oh, sorry, uh, a, a, feel, a tone that's earnest and dialogue that isn't true, like, that, that, that's not necessarily true. So people assume that because the film takes
1: itself seriously, that everything a character says yeah. is true. I just think the, the idea that, because this, this thing happens in films all the time, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's, it's the crazies, they're the bad ones. Yeah. There's, there's nothing in this film that backs that up. It may be yeah. in the book. It's I not. read the wiki page and it's the wiki really. the wiki page for the book says that oh the people crazy people it's get more possessed
0: it's more people who already have like a mental that it's to do with people that already were thinking about killing themselves yeah but kill it's not themselves. in the film so but it's not in the film and like it doesn't, count. doesn't matter <laughs> But I wanted to touch on like the the way that this has been kind of discussed, and then I'll try to transition to the Stephen King stuff, and then we can do my kind of meta reading at the end because I think the meta reading is going to be the bulk of this. So, sure. um, so the AV Club, when the f- book first came out, gave this a B rating, um, and they wrote, uh, and I quote, Malaman overreaches a little in his debut, which could use as much attention to the cast as the mood, but the mood is chillingly effective. Reading it feels like accepting a dare to walk into a strange place, eyes closed, with no idea who or what might be reaching out to make contact. End quote. I like this quote a lot because it perfectly captures the mood that the film achieves, but also criticizes the thing that I don't think the film escapes, The book that the book also had, which is, like, it doesn't quite get there. Like, it's good. Like, I really like this. I, I like this film a lot, and I like the yeah. book a lot. But it doesn't quite get there. Like, it's not. it's not Stephen King. It's not, there's something in it that isn't, it doesn't quite like do you know what, like it didn't quite get to the point
1: where i went oh that's a masterpiece yeah you know. i think the the themes that it's trying to present which at least for me was things like family things like sort of like strength of will mm-hmm. there's sort of i think the for me the biggest sort of back the, the, the biggest element of the film that backs sort of my reading of like like familial tiles ties and like sort of like strength of will is it's, it's about
0: accepting like it's about accepting your vulnerability yeah and, yeah well
1: there's like two main key things for me one when olympia is when olympia looks and sees after giving birth and mallory is just like let me take your child there's a moment where olympia willingly gives her the child yeah which i think is a, a and similarly to that there's also the scene where when tom is going he manages to shoot the last guy before shooting himself. Yeah. and I think those two things are very indicative of at least sort of in this universe, the ability to for familial instincts to like overcome that. something that is as strong as people who are perfectly normal, perfectly happy killing themselves. whatever
0: the extra outside. yeah,
1: influence so the, the motherly instinct of like, "This is my child, take care of my child." Right. And also the fatherly instinct of this my,
0: is my family, family is out
1: there.'m gonna... he's a threat to my family. I'm gonna take him out.
0: It's it's a it's a weird thing that's way more present in the film, and I, I hate to yeah. be the guy that's always comparing it to the book, but I think it's important for the purposes of this. But like in the in the novel, like Tom, like it's weird that in this film they keep Tom alive for so long. I thought it was interesting. He doesn't really have a noble death in the in, in the, the book. He's in the novel. Yeah. He just dies in the house like everyone else, yeah. and it's Mallory taking care. Of, and that's why they are able to survive because she is like, like I mean, Sandra Bullock. It's fucking genius casting because she yeah. is just. She writes like a cowboy's daughter who could kill you with one hand. Yeah. She's like the, she's like a Charlie's Theron type, you know, she's got that kind of vibe to her. Um, And then I think, you know, but I, I think keeping Tom alive made some of the decisions in the story a bit more trite than they needed to be. Like, you know, even like characters like Olympia, who she comes off across as even more insipid in this. Um, Than I remembered, well, I just wanted to slap her. I, don't, I know right. that's like just—I know that's the point of her. She's like just a normal pregnant person yeah. in this bad situation. But I just wanted to fucking hit her. I was like, just stop, stop. Like, and, the, and the, like you're supposed to feel that because Sandra Bullock is feeling that. Like Mallory right. is being like, if you just shut the fuck up for eight seconds, yep. I'm trying to. Work with like work with me here, right? And you're like, and Olympia is freaking out all the time. She's like, oh, I want to talk. And it's, you know, Mallory's like, I just need five minutes of peace and quiet. I really like how they they they're able to convey Mallory's perspective through like Commons filming perspective. I think that's really clever. I like that a lot. But there's yeah, some stuff toward the end that it was a bit like, yeah, like the CG blowy forest stuff. I think could have been better served with what you described, which is much more close ups that don't show the yeah. wind blowing. I thought that was a bit trite, where you could see the the wind. The yeah. wind was, like, representative of the kind of- yeah, the force. I thought that was weird. a bit yeah. not good. Um, but that kind of, I think, brings me nicely to the Stephen King stuff. Um, the, the book originally was compared to Stephen King's writing when it first came out. Um, and it has a lot of, like, Shades of the Last Stand, um, which was a very similar kind of story, except um, there was, like, a, a plague that killed, like, most of the world. Very similar kind of- I Honestly, right. like, very similar idea, um, except- you could go outside like there's no like zombies or anything right. just most of the world were dead <laughs> right. and um eventually like some people form a government and then a bunch of other people follow randall flagg who's like the villain and there's a big fight at the end it's really good but my concern with the film and like one of the things that i struggled with and this is where i want to like kind of pick your brain about the meaning of what they were trying to do <laughs> is there's almost too many characters in this film that don't really serve the p- like when when the house gets broken into and everybody dies. If there had been half as many people in the story in general, that would have been way more impactful. Like if you were down to like 3 or 4 people. Right. Plus like the two pregnant women, Douglas and Tom. And yeah. Douglas gets murked on and you think Tom is going to get get killed and Olympia is in a in a bad situation. I think that would have been way more effective than we've seen, you know, Lucy and Machine Gun Kelly. We've seen these other characters coming in and out of the house already. and like I don't know, it felt like there was a lot of characters at the start. Cuz even had the guy who owned like the guy who owned the house and Charlie could have been the same guy like i know that the or you know you rather sorry you could have gotten rid of machine gun kelly's character and you would have lost nothing yeah lucy's crucial because she steals the car that's fine but like everyone else yeah. it just kind of it felt like they overcrowded it to start with and then by the time you get to that point it's it, it's just a lot of
1: yeah a lot of even characters. even by that scene you still have the older lady who is at that point has done one thing i forgot which... she was
0: even in the film
1: <laughs> yeah Jesus. no exactly yeah she just kind of delivers the baby and then dies um like yeah
0: but then normal films would like film adaptations usually cut characters and merge characters to save time right this film just kept them all (laughs) like it doesn't quite work i don't think i don't know
1: yeah and i yeah like you could cut machine gun kelly Mm. he's he's easily the weakest and the old woman
0: like you don't need necessarily those
1: characters no um charlie i think charlie works he's okay he serves as well he he actually serves as the way for the the film to even to just like put a little bit of origin into the into the monsters just like just a little bit just to appease the people who want who want that information who want to say like ah this is why the monsters exist somewhere in that pat started writing a script it's 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 for the it's for the theorists out there it's like that was pretty much his character and him saving him him saving the team by running out and like crash tackling that guy was i think that scene was important that it happened because mm-hmm. it really made it really reinforced what the possessed people were, mm-hmm. which were people who were who were sort of just like trick like tricksters, basically. Uh, yeah. Like, when he when he when they when he when Charlie charges out, Crash Jack was and dies. And then the the possessed guy goes back to like calling for help. Yeah. Like that that sequence is important for the film because I think that really delivers back the whole like, oh, like you actually just can't trust anyone really you can't trust people which rolls around when to, they're talking to rick which then rolls around when once Olympia. once they get into the sanctuary and they're like checking their eyes it it, whole, it wraps up that whole paranoia that people have which which works brilliantly because yeah yeah because that's all, that's
0: all in the first act and again like this film is really structural okay the the three different timelines i'm never a fan of just me. It's just like a personal well, it's, preference.
1: It's two, two timelines. It's three. So you've got- it's two timelines and one has a time jump of five years.
0: That's three in a narrative <laughs> perspective. That's three timelines. Okay. Um, if you jump any more There's than, only two simultaneous. If you jump time. any more than, I think, if you jump any more than a scene- uh, Like if, if a scene jump is more than like a regular beat of the story's length, then it's a new timeline. There's only
1: ever two simultaneous though.
0: Right. Which I didn't hate because the river is so well done in this, like compared to the book. Well, I
1: think, yeah, the river is- interesting because no lot happens on the river there's like three things that. i would happen. have
0: honestly just watched the film if it's just the river i think it would have been brilliant and you you could have you could have started with tom like there's there's a there's few versions of this film you could have done that would have been fun i mean yeah. again this would have made like a good five part like netflix limited series or something
1: um oh yeah if, if they did like a final space thing where they opened each episode with a scene from the, from river, the river and that's then kind of what back. i thought they
0: would if, if i was going to ad- adapt it that's how i yeah, do it I would um, Final Space uh, did it really well. They did it really well. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I've got a quote here from Stephen King on the film where he said, and I quote: "I absolutely, riv- I was absolutely riveted by Bird Box. Don't believe the lukewarm reviews, which may in part have been caused by reviewers' ambivalence to the streaming platform as opposed to theatrical releases." End quote. Stephen King fucking hits the nail on the head, and this is gonna. I'm so gonna, this is gonna, gonna be piss some people off. Uh, I'm gonna piss some people off.
1: Um, so, uh, disclaimer: David is a human being, not yet. By the way. Don't send them death threats on Twitter. Don't send me
0: death threats on Twitter. People tend to email me death threats, which seems very cordial. I don't know. I feel like that's Just forward them onto the AFP. It's fine. That's right. Um, (laughs) Just
1: just chuck them a forward. Yeah.
0: So I want to touch on the kind of comparisons to King, and that'll bring us into our meta reading. So a lot of people, um, like, you know, there's a lot of things in this which mirror Stephen King's style. So, like, Mm. um, it's scary because there isn't really a monster. The thing that kills you is, like, you can't see it. You don't know what it looks like. It's not some, like, creature or demon. It's just a thing you do every day, which is opening your eyes. Um, and Stephen King had this thing he talked about, um, that's one of his core, f- core functions of his genre, which is that horror works differently for children and adults. Um, he talks about children as thinking in straight lines.
1: That we think in a different way as children. We tend to think around corners instead of in straight lines. Sometimes for a kid, the shortest distance between two points is not a straight line. And that's the way that we think in dreams. And I think as children we tend to live in this kind of dream state and we've forgotten it in the same way. And because I equate that sort of dream state with a heightened sort of mental state, I make this easy cross connection between childhood and strange powers, paranormal powers or whatever. And it's been successful as as a fictional device.
0: So in a lot of King's stories, instead of um, finding a thing to, like, that he makes you afraid of, he reminds you why you were afraid of something as a kid. Right. Like he taps into something primal where it's like you're unable to think around the corner because instead of what you normally do, which is outthink the problem,
1: every time you think about it, you just make yourself more afraid. It's different to like Moffat, where Moffat will make you afraid of something you didn't think you were afraid of.
0: Or that you didn't know you should be afraid of. Yeah. Whereas King's like, no, dude, how creepy are clowns? And you're like, yeah. oh. You're like, oh, I forgot about clowns. He's, he's like, how creepy are clowns? And also Storm Drains. You're like, oh yeah, they are creepy as and hell. You cannot walk past a fucking storm drain <laughs> yeah. if you've watched if you've read that book or watch that film. Yeah. Like it like it's a thing that's every day that you get used to. Yeah. But it's fucking anything could be down there. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the film takes a very similar thing where it's like there isn't a big kind of you know, there's no creature, it's not like a slasher film where there's some kind of, you know, big baddie. Um and I think this film even has less jump scares than the book does, which I quite liked. Like they kind of peeled back on that.
1: Zero jump scares.
0: But so, like, with that in mind, like, you know, King did stuff like really scary clowns. He made you afraid of pets and graveyards, cars. <laughs> he cars. Made you afraid yeah, that of cars. One. Yeah, trucks. Yeah, I didn't drive for like a solid month after reading <laughs> that book. I was, I refused again to get into a car as a kid. Um,
1: Have you seen the uh, the TV, the serial, the serial of it? It's uh, no, garbage. I haven't. It um, does not make you afraid um, okay. of cars at all. Love Makes it. you, yeah.
0: And then Carrie made me afraid of high school um so i wanted to this is a good place to transition so like i don't i don't think it's as good as a stephen king story but it has a lot of the elements that make it work and i I think it's really solid um i like we don't rate stuff but like when i was talking to james about it last night i was like it's a seven out of ten maybe like it's a really solid i'm so glad we don't rate things because hearing you say that just made me go
1: yeah well
0: that's (laughs) not what we do here but like my point is that i thought it like what i'm saying is i thought it was pretty solid and pretty passable yeah the film has been pretty heavily criticized by the skeptic community as they have they believe that Netflix has like faked hundreds of memes about this film. So the what community? The skeptic community. So people that like um So like
1: are we talking like neo Nazis or like the actual skeptic
0: community? Uh the intersection of both. So people ah, okay. that people that make people that make video essays about how like Star Wars is like is like being infected by SJWs. right, right, right. right, right. Plus people that like do actual science wrong.
1: So neo Nazis. Yeah.
0: Yeah. um don't at me yeah. uh and so and like whether or not it happened there's something fascinating about this discussion that's happening where people are so ready to hate this film because of this marketing like because right. i was talking to james about it and he even said like i don't want to see it because of this predatory marketing bullshit and i'm like whoa let me explain t- something to you i've, that, well, I've never seen any of this well, that, that's, i've completely missed this because <laughs> uh, i live in my box where i make my art and i do the work that we do anyway i saw a research. poster yeah so like I didn't know that this was happening online, but basically people think that Netflix has like gone out to the world and like um, uh, gerrymandered and like straw-manned all of these accounts to like make these memes happen, and that's what made it popular, right? How do you mean? I don't know. Box? I don't know. I think I'm not sure.
1: I, mean, I didn't look. Into the whole the memes. like blindfold thing. I don't. I, didn't look I into did things. a Google. I I did a Google and I saw like a headline that was like Netflix is asking you to not do. The bird box challenge, which I assume is like... Uh, on maybe that's what and, the meme was. And try to drive down to your local supermarket. Uh, no, I think oh, what I
0: they know. did is they did an advertising... No, that's what it was. So, there was an advertising campaign. And I'm going to... This is not... This is speculative. I'm just trying to remember. So, I think there was an advertising campaign where they paid a bunch of streamers yeah. to play, like, their video games blindfolded. Oh, okay. And people in real life, because they're fucking morons, were like, well, I'm going to do it, like, in the film and drive my car. Yeah. Like, that kind of thing. Right, okay. And so, people accused Netflix of, like... Whatever, and then like I think fake memory. Which yeah, like the punishment. Fake is memes. Death. Apparently. Yeah. Um. But it's curious to me that for a film about invisible predatory creatures that plague humanity and cause the collapse of civilization, the marketing was sneaky, underhanded, and contributes to a big part of why the world is on fire. It's almost like I and my thinking is like it's almost like Bird Box could be a tipping point where Netflix might have finally pushed things a little too far, and rather than being like apathetic and waiting for others to take charge, like Olympia. And rather than blindly trusting to optimism, like, Tom, everybody is, like, refusing to take responsibility for how this happened. Like, instead of what people should be doing, which is being like, wow, Netflix, that's really shitty. Here's a bunch of other good stuff. All they're doing is being like, well, the film must be bad then. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it's almost like in Netflix portraying the internet, the very place that allowed it to thrive and, like, exist, that the film and the company as a whole might be let that that might say something about what it means to be a consumer in a culture where we ourselves are now the product like our attention is netflix's product it's not the film dollars um but i think a lot of people are just going to dislike it because it's so perfectly average and that's fine um and but maybe it is the glass ceiling of what netflix can achieve like i but a part of me wonders if that doesn't scare a lot of people on the internet like a lot of diehard kind of free media fans who like net neutrality netflix is like all these things are the way forward i think if this is the best that netflix can do you know it's not a game changer and i think that might be a perfect mirror for for the people that consume netflix and like the early adopters where it's finally turned off the screen and they all they all they're doing is looking back at themselves and being like oh we haven't really achieved as much as we thought we did and You know, the internet and particularly streaming services were initially given life by these kind of people that rallied against the mainstream. They were like these rebels who were like, no, we're not going to buy DVDs. We're not going to go to Blockbuster. We're going to do these streaming services the way forward. The internet is a free place. It's where art can thrive. And they were the people who demanded we not judge video games by their violence or indie films by their budget. And now finally, they're doing the very same thing they said they would never do but they decided they didn't like the marketing for a film so they call the film bad before even fucking watching it and the sheer whiplash (laughs) that that must feel at least is going to be present for a while until another film comes along with something else to yell about besides the actual art of the film it's just wild to me that this is a situation we found ourselves in in 2018.
1: I need to do a Google when I get home because I completely missed all of this outrage.
0: It's just, it's incredible. And it's, it's just, I, I can't imagine experiencing that much like philosophical whiplash. Right. Where these people are like, and these are the same people that are like, SJWs are ruining free speech. They're killing art. Like they're ruining Star Wars. We can't even make films that are just like pure films anymore. They're the same people that are like, well, I'm not going to fucking watch it because the marketing was was something I didn't like, or they, or there was one guy who we'll talk about it in the post show because I wanted to go through his criticisms. Right. Where he primarily just criticizes the film because like it's not the most expensive thing ever made. He's like, well, it's just not that inventive or creative, and you never get to see the monsters and blah 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 blah. <laughs> and he just, and I'm like, ah, oh, fucking hell. It's like it's just I don't know. It, it's I think at a time when when there's a bunch of good stuff out that's mainstream. Like Marvel has become very mainstream. It's very popular. Yeah. They're making good stuff periodically. Um disney every now and then makes something good and it's just it's wild to me that this film is pretty okay but instead of talking about the merits of the film all i'm hearing online is discourse about this marketing campaign um and people judging it before they've even seen it and that that for me when the internet that, that that for me is when the internet is starting to fail the purpose that it pretends to serve and the people who are out there in the community who are saying this stuff and are just criticizing it for the sake of like well we didn't like the marketing i mean that's that's just not just disappointing but i think it's the beginning of the end of your culture online if that's the kind of attitude that you take
1: you can send threats of
0: violence at literal citrus shit is my twitter (laughs) handle Yeah, if you guys have any thoughts on this, like, please let us know. I mean, and if you've seen any of the criticisms, stick around for the post show because we're gonna delve into some of that um, after this. I've got a few things written down. Um, so thanks for. Uh, also, if you're watching this live, don't you know? Yeah, we're gonna go away for five minutes, then come back. But if you're listening to this or watching it after the fact, thank hi. You. Thanks. Thanks, man. Um, no. Where you can people find us? No, wait. No, fuck. Uh, what? It's look. We've we've been off for like a week and a half. Um, have you got any recommendations for this week? Yoku's Island Express. It's
1: uh, pinball Mm -hmm. it's a it's a pinball video game but it's like very cute and it's kind of a metroidvania it's a good time
0: you sound like you're having a good time with it it's Um, a lot of fun i didn't realize
1: i enjoyed pinball
0: i mean no one i don't think you realize that i think it becomes Uh, part of your personality just happens um i've been playing moonlighter which was suggested to us by Aaron during our our best of 2018 it's a great kind of um 2d top-down um binding of isaac like game reminds me a lot of uh, the original zelda games and it's really cool where like by night you go through these dungeons and you fight these creatures and by day you run a shop where you sell the wares that you gather from that that's really cool and really interesting i'm having a great time with it so highly recommend um otherwise i'm peeping uh
1: unfortunate events season three same totally because definitely that's, i've started watching that as well because we're doing that's our topic for that. next week so um, next week
0: oh yeah fuck. <laughs> it's not that long it's like five episodes oh okay because it's the last season oh. easy peasy Easy peas lemon squeeze. So check that out um, if you want to do that. Uh, if you want to watch that before next week, that's what we're talking about. So you can go ahead and watch that one. Uh, otherwise, where can people find us? Facebook. Uh, at DCMWorks Social. YouTube. YouTube.com slash DCMWorks. Twitter. At DCM underscore works. Patreon. Patreon.com slash DCMWorks. I just posted our January Patreon update. There's something in my eye. I just posted our January Patreon update. Titled, uh,
1: There's Something
0: in My Eye. Uh, <laughs> there's Something in My Eye. <laughs> It's just me doing like a skit where I'm like, this is fine. Yeah. Um, yes yeah, so that's up now you can go check that out where we I talk through the topics that we're covering this month and you can suggest things leave comments leave ideas or um, we'll suggest topics you want us to cover in the future or different themes you want us to or leave ideas discuss or leave ideas or we'll we'll leave ideas or we'll suggest topics you can go ahead and do that uh, it starts at $3 a month and for that subscription you get a bunch you get access to a bunch of uh, early content a whole archive of a bunch of stuff we've been doing we're gonna uh, at some point soon uh, get the next episode of Interface recorded um, it's just a scheduling thing for me at this point oof so look forward to that um it interfaces our sort of um uh, our, our kind of audiobook anthology series where um, it takes place in an alternate history where maybe things aren't as they seem and it's real weird and real creepy um so you can check that out there's currently eight chapters available to download immediately as a patreon as well as 45 plus uh, behind the scenes podcasts and different sort of episodes um including things like our road to infinity war and all kinds of different other madness so it's a long road check that out um, otherwise, uh, I'm at DCMI Pie.
1: I'm at Lily World Citrus.
0: And we will see you guys next week.